Hello everyone, welcome to the second part of my journey. I left off introducing my elders, so just a little recap. Guidance made me leave home, and I left and was introduced to my elders. So from there, um, I can tell you that I did experience, some of you may know what this is, I did experience a kundalini awakening. I'm not going to get into too much of that. It was very um, intense and a spontaneous awakening. So I did go through a lot with that. Um, I'll add that in a different podcast about the Kundalini awakening to explain everything. So basically, I stayed um, stayed there for a while. I learned some things. I learned how to cope a little bit better with what was happening to me. I had a lot of moments on the floor crying. Um, there was a lot of a lot of trauma there. Um, it it really, again, was, I didn't understand what was happening to me. How do I cope with this? How do I learn how to deal with this? I had some things that identified different gifts that I didn't know I had. One of those examples is I was sitting there and with my friend and I noticed some some balls kind of in her chest and I'm like, what are those bright bright balls that I'm seeing and she said well those are called chakras hope look it up and I looked it up and then she asked me if I saw any colors and at that time I didn't so that's when I learned about chakras in the body so that was one thing um, another thing is I had this experience where um, I could see into the body and again I don't want to get into all that because I have a lot to cover in a very short time so bottom line is, um, I was there for a little while, just the ins and outs of things. I did get to see my children. Um, they would come and visit and stay, stay the night with me. And then one day guidance said to me, now people have asked me, are elders different than my guidance? At that time, I didn't really know. I mean, it was just basically I would hear things in my head, um, call the next person from the center. So I would call and, you know, I didn't know. Bottom line, I'll tell you, I'll tell you more about that later. But so as I um, was guided to call the next person that I did meet at the center, I just called her and she's like, I know. And I was crying because, you know, I could feel it. It was time to leave, go to the next place. And she's like, I know, sweetie, I have the room ready for you. So they kind of knew, and then I was guided to the next location. I stayed with this woman for um, probably a month or two, about a month and a half. I started watching, you know, the synchronicities of like, okay, I was with this person for a month, now I'm with this person for a month. So I stayed with her for a month. During that time, again, I learned about more things with my abilities. Uh, learned how to read, was seeing future things. Uh, I could go on and on, um, but I just want to get the journey kind of in my podcast. So then after her, it was the next couple. I called them. Guides told me to call them. And same thing. They knew I was coming and they kind of laughed, though. We don't have the room ready. You're going to have to get that ready. And so I went to them. So, you know, the further I went, um, I was further away from home. So again, it's just a crying, crying, and I know uh, sounds tra traumatic, but it was. It was I just couldn't explain it, this unknown, and as it took me. So after that, after staying with that person, those that couple, guidance told me India. 
Now, um, I'd never been anywhere except for Florida, basically. So India was a big thing. And I would channel my elders. So I had another friend that her and I would sit down and I would kind of just get into that energy, get into that zone. And then I would go kind of, I call it back up there to them. And it's a little bit hard to explain, but I'd be right in front of them. And then they'd explain to me what I need for India. And my friend would write it down as I'm telling her, you know, it was like, bring lemon oil, um, bring a pack, bring, you know, this, this, and this. And then I kind of come out of it. And when I, at that time, when I come out of it, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't want to be back here. So it's literally like, I felt like I went somewhere else. So, and then my friend was laughing because I'm like, what's a pack? She's like, oh, hope it's, it's a backpack. So I, that's how naive I was. I had a rolly suitcase at one point in my life, so I couldn't understand to put a backpack on and go through India. So yes, I did go to India. Um, we made, her and I made this really cute box out of a shoe box and put giving, giving India hope. And then I started doing sessions with people and at that time, I, I didn't want to take money for sessions, but I took a lot of offerings. So people would give me what they wanted to. And then if I did get some money for it, I put it in that box for India. So then it was time to go to India. I spent six and a half months in India and Nepal. Um, I had what I had in that box. I got my ex bought me a one-way ticket because he believed that there may be people there that could help me. And I just basically, my elders led me all through India. So they would tell me where to go, which town. I'd look at a map, it'd highlight. So I was a little bit nervous going into India alone. I, I Like I said, I'd never been to another country. And I really did a lot of prayers around that, that I just, I didn't want to go by myself. So one day, um, all of a sudden, my friend, she was, I was talking to her and guidance told me, you need to go with her. You need to go with her. And I said, where are you going? And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm getting guidance. I need to come with you. She said, well, I'm going to the Hare Krishna temple. I want to go check it out. So I'm like, well, can you come back and get me? Well, I didn't know what the Hare Krishna were. Um, I do now, but she came and got me. We went and, and her friend took us to see the Swami um, which is, you know, the person that speaks for the religion. And, and I don't want to get that wrong, but, you know, he's pretty much the high up of the of the group in the religion. And we went to see him, and I'll never forget, because we were going through the forest, like literally. We parked, we got out, met our friend, and he just started walking through the forest and said, follow me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you know him really well? Like, we're just out in the middle of nowhere following this guy through the middle of the woods. So we get to this, like, it looked like almost a um, hut made out of mud. And he was sitting there, and there was, like, three chairs sitting in front of him. And I moved the chair, and I sat on the, fl- sat on the floor. And he said, how did you know to do that? And I said, I don't know. It's just more proper to sit on the floor than in a chair. He's like, you're right. So we talked with him for a while. And he really recognized a lot of my energy. And he did say to his followers, he looked at one of them and said, if she gets guidance to go with us, you need to take her in. So bottom line is they, I went in with the Hare Krishna and they called, he called the temple in India, 
spoke to the Swami there and they allowed me to stay with them even though I wasn't um, part of a devotee for the Hare Krishna because I was a healer they let me stay I just had to you know um, go by by what they did during the day and and you know their their rules and how they operate things so I did get into India with the Hare Krishna went with them I started off in Vrindavan, so that's where the temple was. Um, it was very powerful. It was a little scary for me, I won't lie. Uh, I was sick for like the first five days and, you know, trying to cope with that and just acclimate to what was happening. And I stayed with them, learned about their religion, very nice people, and, you know, we... We did a lot around the town, and um, so I just kind of followed the journey that way. Then guidance came in and told me it was time to leave, and I had to go to a place called Goa. So I had to find that on the map. So the Hare Krishna actually helped me um, get a ticket, a, a train ticket to get to that location. So that's how it kept going for me in India. I met a lot of people. I want to give you the survival story. Uh, it's just a really meaningful story to me. So when I was in Goa, I um, was guided to write a book. I did write the book. It's called Powered. And I wrote a book. And meanwhile, while I was there, a guy said, watch, the means of survival will be provided. Now, I had very little money with me when I got there. So I was really just watching how I spent my money. Um, I know this sounds silly, but I went to a little grocery store and bought jar of peanut butter and I would buy some chapatis on the street and just eat that and so I was I was getting really really thin and really scared because I I was trying to be smart I didn't know how long they were going to keep me in India I didn't know you know where money was going to come from so I was just you know whatever I had from that box which was probably about three hundred dollars which in rupees goes a long way uh, but that's it. So, you know, I was, I, one day I put my Levi's on and they just kind of fell off. I mean, I was losing a lot of weight and it, and it was really scary, but I was very devoted, very dedicated to, again, listening to what guidance told me to do. So one day, all the, you know, a lot of people kind of flock together when you're traveling over there. And we were, I was sitting in this restaurant that was out, outdoor. It was an outdoor restaurant kind of near the, the sea and I was sitting there and this girl was sitting across from me and guidance told me, you help her, she'll help you. And I really didn't know like how, what, I, I don't know what that means. Because when I was writing Powered, I got to be honest with you, I, I was, as I was writing it, I was like, is anybody going to understand this? I don't even know if I understand this. So I kind of put it aside a little bit and then I met her and she looked at me and I started telling her a little bit about my story and with guidance and listening. And she's like, oh my gosh, hope I've been coming to India for eight years and going to the ashram to learn how to tap in and listen stronger. And I'm like, well, I might be able to help you with that. So each day I'd meet her in the morning and she, you know, she'd buy me breakfast because she was like, well, how much is this going to cost? I'm like, nothing. I, I'm not charging for this. And so she'd buy me breakfast and then we'd begin and I'm not kidding you when I say this, I, by day five, I wanted to put tape over my mouth. It was just like all this information coming out of me and she was recording it all. 
and taking notes. And it was just day after day after day. And each day she'd buy me breakfast. And, you know, we, I call it channeling, but I, I would be giving her all this knowledge, all this information all day long. So after about a week, she, again, I'm like, I'm not taking any money. She kept trying. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was a little bit scared to take, you know, I know I took some love offerings back home, but I was just in that space of like, I can't take money for this. It might not be the right thing or good for, you know, to, I was just scared, put it that way. So that day she was leaving and she said, um, you know, if you're ever, if you ever come to New York, please look me up. And I had never been in New York, but, um, you know, I did a session with her and I'll get more into that later, but so she was leaving and then as she left, I was coming back around the cliff and this Indian man, Sammy, who he saw us every day in the restaurant, he came running up to me and he said, you eat for free. You eat for free. She paid rupees here. You have a lot of rupees here. And I was like, what? And he said, she gave us money. So you have a tab. You eat for free. So I was like, whoa, okay. So then... Again, I started, you know, getting back into writing the book and I was trying to write it and and I was sitting there and another guy came up to me at that restaurant because now I could eat. So I was eating, I was eating everything. I was having a chai, I was eating, I was happy and I was sitting there and he sat down he said, hey, you know, I don't want to bother you, but can I ask you what you're writing about? And I said, well, I'm writing about, you know, manifestation and energy and things like that. And he's like, well, I understand that stuff. And again, I heard in my head, you help him, he'll help you. So same process for five days to a week. I was just giving him all this knowledge, all this understanding of how to do certain things and manifest certain things. And I didn't even know what I was talking about at that time. And he, I won't tell you too much of it because it's confidential, but he basically said to me, you know, Hope, I've been trying to get this job back in France and I I haven't been able to for 12 months. And if I get this job, it's a really good job. And then I could come back and buy this guest house I want in the North to help and establish a place to help people. So basically, again, we were every day talking, talking, talking and giving him this knowledge and he was working on it and forwards as I call him. So he was, he was doing a lot of the work. And then one day he came running at me and he's like, oh my gosh, I got the job. I, I, I did all the steps you told me to take and, and it worked. And because of you, I'm like, no, 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 I didn't do anything. And he's like, well, it worked. And he, and he handed me some keys and I said, well, what are you doing? And he said, I already paid for my guest house for a month and it's up on the the mountain and Sammy knows you're coming and here I got to go. So I want you to have it. I know you won't take any money, but take this. So I came around the corner and Sammy looked at me, the Indian man, and he was like, what you do? (laughs) He's like, now I'll show So he took me to the house. So now I'm on the house. I'm on a house. I'm in a house side of a cliff. I mean, it's gorgeous overlooking the sea hammock hanging as tall as palm trees. I'm eating and it was just fabulous. So then guidance said to me, now, now see the white light. And I saw this white light appear on the side of the cliff and they said, you're not to go past the white light and you're to, to finish the book. 
So every day I'd go into the little restaurant and just work on this book called Powered until I finished it. And then once I finished it, they said, okay, time to go. And then I met this other couple and I worked with them a little bit on some things. And I was guided to go to Ujaipur. So I looked at the map to see where, where that was. And guidance told me to connect to the um, Arabian Night and Palace of Runes energy. And um, I was okay. I didn't know what that meant. But I was telling this couple that I had to go to Ujaipur and... You know, I was working with them and then, you know, after a few days they came to me and they said, they handed me a ticket and they said, here, we bought your ticket to Ujaipur to take the train. It was a long, 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 long train ride. So anyways, so I'm, I'm, I'm missing a lot of things that happened to me in India. I don't want to give up, give you too much. Cause again, I got to keep going with the journey. So I met a lot of people. I did some healings. I did some readings. I each step along the way. So as I was heading to Ujaipur, um, I really wasn't speaking to a lot of people as I traveled. Um, I didn't know the laws or the rules. So I basically kept to myself. And while I was on this bus, this Indian man next to me started talking to me and he was really nice. And he looked into my eyes and he said, oh, you're a guru. And I said, oh, no, I'm not a guru. He said, yeah. He said, you need to stay with my family. It's not safe, safe for you. And by this time, I'll be honest with you guys, I was on a bus for like 32 hours. I was just tired. And I was like, fine, whatever. I don't care at this point. So we pull up and it's like two in the morning and literally two Jeeps pull up and these Indian this Indian family gets out and they're all just decked out into just, just gorgeous outfits. And I was like, what is happening here? And he's like, this is my family and I'm in rags. I'm in a skirt and this shirt. And, um, so we, we go back, we get in the Jeep, they had drivers. I'm like, wow. So we go back to this house, which was gorgeous. And I'm sitting on the couch and the, the, the Indian, um, the, father, I'm going to call him, was sitting there and he's just staring at me. And I was a little nervous. And he said, give me your hands. And I put my hands out in front of him and he, he, he was reading my palms. And he said, oh, you're a healer. You stay as long as you need to. We take care of you. So I won't get into too much of that. I have, again, tons of stories with my, I call my Indian family. They were, I called them my Indian mama and papa. They were amazing people. Um, they had a son and a daughter. I really connected strongly with that family. They were very helpful, and I have a lot of amazing stories with that. Um, and eventually I'll get into a lot of depth with these stories, but I'm just kind of telling you, it, again, it was six months. I stayed with them for a month, and guidance led me to Dharamshala. I stayed with the monks, and it just kept going from there. Um, I ended up, you know, running out of money, and I'm like, okay, cool, I can go home, and all of a sudden, my friend from New York, she called me and I guess during the reading that I gave her, something had appeared. So um, she was basically like, look at go to Western Union. I sent you some money. So now I have no choice but to stay because I have more money. So guys like, you know, you need to stay. And then I did Vipassana. I did a lot of different things in India that were very important. Um, I'm going to leave one story out that's kind of a major story for me, but it, it, I am in the process of writing a screenplay, and this is the main story at the beginning of the movie. 
So I was guided to Nepal and face my death. Well, I literally got bit by a poisonous spider and had to face my death on an extreme level. Uh, I met a master there that was waiting for me. He trained me. So again, I'm going to leave a lot of these stories out so I can finish just the journey. So if you guys have any, like, if you're listening and there's something you're intrigued about, you know, send me an email and that that if you want to ask me about certain things, you can email me and I'll, and I'll tell you what happened to me or maybe I'll add that to another podcast. But you can, I have an, I set up an email, it's psychic crossroads with hope at gmail.com. So if you want to email me, go ahead and do that. Okay. So now again, I'm going to, I'm done with India. Six months, I came home. Guidance told me to go to New York. Um, I didn't have any money. And there's, that's another synchronicity of how I got to New York City. So I called the girl that I worked with in India, told her I had to come to New York. She said, you know, if you have to come to New York and be guided, you can stay with me. So I stayed, you know, I got to New York, stayed with her, uh, slept on her floor. She's a jewelry designer in New York City. She's amazing. I don't really have her permission to give you the name yet, but I could. Um, so I stayed with her for a month. I worked on stuff to help her more now on a deeper level. And then guidance would tell me, go to the next place. They would lead me, um, to the next place and tell me where to go. Like I had to go down to, um, Greenwich and Union Square. So I'd go down there. Uh, I, and this is again, another one of my, my, my stories that are people, people are like, no way. So basically, when I went to New York, New York, or down to Greenwich, I was standing there and I turned around and I looked at this map and then the map was highlighting for me and which street to go down. Um, and so oh, I think that was the name of the street. Sorry, it was Greenwich. So I went down the street and as I'm walking down the street, I kind of turned and I realized that... When I gave my friend a reading back in India, I was in the vision of what I saw for her for her next jewelry shop. So I kind of started shaking. I had never been in a vision that had come like to premonition and me standing there. So it was kind of like I was having a little bit of a seizure. So at that time, if I drank coffee, believe it or not, it would calm me down or if I would have a cigarette, um, and I did work, I, I left my mentors out. That's going to have to be a whole nother story. I did have three live mentors, um, Bruce, Bill, and Gray Wolf. Gray Wolf was a Native American shaman. And he told me if I needed to smoke, to smoke American spirits, they're more natural tobacco. So I, I was going into this little shop to buy some cigarettes and get a coffee and just see if I could calm myself down because I was shaking so bad. And when I went in there, I got a coffee. I'm kind of spilling it everywhere. I get to the counter and I look and there's like, I don't know if any of you smoke, but there's like 30 different colors of American spirits. I'm like, oh my gosh, you didn't tell me what color. So I just looked at the guy and, get, and I said, give me the yellow ones. It's like sunshine. You know, that's all I kept thinking is sunshine yellow. So I get the cigarettes and then this girl behind me, she's like, excuse me. She's like, do you want these pack of cigarettes? And they were the same color I just bought. And it was New Year's Day. 
And I said, well, I can pay you for them. She's like, no, no. She's like, just take them. I just noticed you bought the same color so you can have them. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. So I go outside and I'm, I'm drinking my coffee, getting a cigarette, kind of write about energy. And I found a little bench and I'm sitting there and guidance is telling me, talk to her, talk to her, talk to her, talk to her. And I, I hate doing that because now, you know, I've been in New York City and, and if you, if you go to New York, they, they just don't talk to each other. Like, you know, you don't just say hi to people on the street, you know, saying good morning to a guy every day. And he kind of looked at me like, what is she doing? But that's okay. I mean, um, so she came out and I was like, you know, didn't know what to say. I'm like, excuse me, you live around here. She's like, yeah, right up the road. So her and I started talking about what my, my story and my journey. And she's like, oh my gosh, you know, she said, well, last night, cause I don't smoke, but I went to Thailand a while ago and I was channeling and I, I can't get that back. She goes, so last night I lit a cigarette. I looked up to the sky and said, please bring me someone to help me on my spiritual path. And so she said, I, I left this morning and I was just going to give somebody the cigarettes, the pack of cigarettes, because I don't smoke, but I couldn't find anybody. And that's just rare hope, she said, because, you know, people do smoke. She goes, so I, my gut told me to go back to the store that I bought the cigarettes and then you were buying the same pack. And I was like, interesting. So I told her about my story and coming to New York. And then she said, you need to live with me. So she was the next person that took me in. And it's kind of funny because I like to tell this part because a couple of her friends did an intervention with her for taking a homeless woman in. And now those women are all my clients. So it's kind of funny. But again, I worked with her, stayed with her. Then guidance told me, you know, next person. So I do have another person I stayed with in New York. um, And it just kept going. And then it would be the next person. And so basically, there's some very um, deep stories that I have with New York, but I'm going to have to leave those out so I can jump to where I am today. So I stayed in New York. I lived in New York for a year and a half with people taking me in, me working with them, guidance telling me where to go. I did work on what they call my free will, and I had to surrender to my free will. Some of you understand that. And they basically said, if we tell you to go to a homeless shelter, you need to go. So I surrendered and said, okay. So wherever they told me to go, I needed to be there to help someone or, you know, I just honored it. And and people took me in. Um, I was doing sessions for love offerings. My friend Anuta gave me a job at her jewelry um, for Christmas. She had a booth at um, Grand Central Station, so I worked there. So I was making a little bit. Uh, I didn't come home much, but I got to come home maybe twice. So that was, you know, again, what I realized in New York is they were also training me with these gifts I didn't understand, like how to do past life regressions and and just different things that I had to be aware of that I, I had to learn with my gifts. So after New York, I came home and then guidance told me it was time to get my children back. And I, I, I got my kids back. I was guided to go to New York. My friend came, or I'm sorry, California. My friend was being guided to go come with me. So we just kind of left and took off and with nothing no jobs, no um, credit, really nothing. We just went on faith and trust and the elders led us. So the next step was I ended up in Palmdale, California is where they, they had me go. Um, before I left, we were my friend and I were sitting there and I was 
talking with the elders and they told me that we needed to come up with $1,300 three times. Like, so three months worth of $1,300. And she's like, well, I already have two of those. And then, so before we left, I worked on raising about $1,300 because that's what they told us. So then I would have visions of where we were going to stay. I kept seeing this house. And, um, and again, it wasn't easy. So we just was guided to take seven days to get across the map. We took five. So once we got to California, literally nobody would rent to us. I mean, we even went to Section 8. Nobody would rent to us with no jobs, no credit. So guidance kept telling me the, that the place we were going to rent, the woman would have faith in me. And to get, offer her three months rent up front, which is the 1300 that we came up with. So they kept saying this, but I, it never appeared. So it was probably the second or third day looking around. The kids were exhausted. We were exhausted. Um, and then I there was a Craigslist ad. The woman called me and she said, well, I already have somebody that's interested in the place, but I'll let you come look at it in case that falls through. Well, when I went to go look at it, I left my friend and the kids behind because the kids started crying. I mean, it was just, it was a lot. So when I got there, though, I realized the house was in the vision I had. The kind of light, pale yellow walls, French doors. There was an in-ground pool in the back. I mean, it, it was a little ranch house. It was exactly what I saw. So I explained to her that I do do, um, I'm an intuitive, I'm a medium, and um, I I, I you know, phone sessions and clients. And so she looked at me and I said, look it, I'll give you three months rent up front. So she said, okay. She said, I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have faith in you. So we lived there for a year. I actually literally, by guidance, went down to um, Santa Monica. There was a, a, a shop, a bookstore called Mystic Journeys on Abbott Kenny. Uh, and guides told me to go there and, and get a job. So I went there, I met the manager, and, you know, he called me one day and he's like, Hope, we have an opening, get here now. We have like 100 applicants trying to get in. So I had I got did a reading for the owner, I got the job. So it was pretty much, if you guys know, some of you are familiar with California, that was a long way from Palmdale to um, Santa Monica. So I did that for a while, and then I also... Um, so we stayed there for a year. Then we were guided to go to San, San Diego, got a little place there. So all along the way, I was meeting different people. And I don't want to get into the, all the people that I met right now. But it, again, it was all about faith and what to do. And then one day, Guy said it was time to come back. And I knew when I came back that I needed to go to Asheville, North Carolina, because I'd taken the kids camping before I left on this journey. And that's what Guy said. When you come back, you come here. So basically, we headed that way. While my friend was being guided to stay in California, and my other friend called me and said, well, Hope, I just got a job in the Asheville area. Do you want to get a place together? I'm like, sure. So loaded up the kids, came across the map again, got to Asheville. I wrote another book. Um, and again, all this time what I realized on my journey was me being trained with spirit. Like I said, I have a thousand ghost stories, which I am going to do separate podcasts each week and share a ghost story with you or two. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of stories from me. People that know me, I have so many stories. I had this one guy tell me, he knew me for a couple of years and said, 
you know, every time I see you, I hear a different story. I, I still don't think I've heard them all. So anyway, so now we're in Nashville. We were only there for about six months. And then guys told me it was time to go. I called my ex-husband and he was living in Charleston, South Carolina. And he said, well, I'll do anything to get the kids closer. I'll pay for you to get here. Come here. You're going to love it. Charleston's full of ghosts. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's where I'm going next. So got to Charleston. I still had a good relationship with my ex-husband. Um, so we made it to Charleston. Guidance told me to open up a metaphysical shop. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm on that. Laughing because I didn't have any money. Um, it was very tight, you know, living on this faith in California. Uh, there were a lot of hardships, a lot of hard times. Again, I it, it, I can't explain all that in just this little bits. So came to Charleston. It worked out. I opened up a metaphysical shop. Um, few people that um, that I knew. I won't get into all that. I want to save that for later. I, I want to talk separately about the shop, but I landed there. So that's pretty much it. When I would give my talk, I opened the shop up. I started ghost tours. Um, I loved doing the ghost tours downtown Charleston. Some of you listening might have been on those ghost tours. And I just, I made up my own ghost tour. I, I ended up doing um, a ghost tour with somebody that was local that he had his own tour. I did that with him for a while as a surprise medium. I was on his tour for a while. And then <clears throat> I created my own. I walked the streets, saw where the ghosts were talk to the ghost and then I would do my tours. So I love doing that. I'd give a talk each month basically on what I'm I'm sharing with you in this little bits of my journey. Like I said, it's just not probably 2% of what, what my journey really was. So I would give a talk each month. People would drive from all over. I had this one couple, they drove seven hours. They heard about it just to come listen to it. So it was, you know, and then I did sessions and I, I mentored a lot of people during that time. So I'm very grateful for the shop. We called it the happy store. Um, it was it was such a really important part of my life. So I'm going to end it there because that's where I would end at the shop is standing there talking to the people and giving them my journey. Um, I left a lot of things out, which I will later on when you see another podcast called more parts of my journey. Um, I'll, I'll do episodes with that, but I want to end that for now because today is Halloween and it's ironic because I did write a book called Illusions of a Love Story and that book is under a pen name and my pen name is Nadia Aiden. So I did write a book and I think I wrote that book in 2008 and when I wrote that book, I was in New York. And again, I'll get into that later. When I wrote that book in 2008, it actually came out on Halloween that year. So that book is really important and has stories behind that book um, that, again, I'll have to tell you later. But if you want to look it up, you can also go to my website at hoperche.com, R-E-C-H-E-A.com. And I look forward to, you know, hearing from you. If you want to email me, Psychic Crossroads with Hope at Gmail. All right, I'm going to end here for now, guys. And I'm going to put out another podcast shortly after this one because I want to share 
a spooky ghost story with you because it's Halloween and also a Casper the Friendly ghost story. Okay, bye for now.